When you are called to be a minister of Jesus Christ, according to Ephesians 4, 11, 12, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, for the work of the ministry, for the edification of the body of Christ. When you are called to be one of those ministers, you hear from God. It's not your own opinion that you're presenting. God puts inside you his word that you are to speak at that specific moment. We have entered a time here where the message is Antichrist has already come into the churches. The falling away has already happened. The gospel has been preached throughout the whole world. Therefore, Jesus could return any time. For those two things had to happen before Jesus returned for the church. And both of them have happened and continue to happen. We are at the threshold. We don't know how long it will be. You have to remember that a day in the sight of the Lord is a thousand, is as a thousand years. He doesn't see time as we see time. To us, it's been 2,000 years since Jesus was crucified and resurrected. And during that time, Jesus says, I come quickly, but 2,000 years have passed. How do we explain this to ourselves? We explain it by Second Peter chapter 3. For he says, Know this, brethren, that a day in the sight of the Lord is as a thousand years. So where we might see two thousand years passing since Jesus said he comes quickly, in the sight of God, it might be viewed as two days since the resurrection. Because time is totally different in the sight of God. Nevertheless, we are told that we know the seasons. There are certain, for example, if it has been winter and you begin to see buds coming on the trees, what do you know? Spring is not far away. In the fall, what happens to the trees? They turn yellow and the leaves begin to fall. The leaves on the trees turn yellow and the leaves begin to fall. And don't we all know autumn is upon us, that winter comes soon, therefore we prepare for winter? Don't we know that? Of course we do. We all know that. It's the same thing right now. What season are we in? Well, we're in the season where Jesus could return at any time and the great tribulation could begin. That's where we are. Why? Because Antichrist has already come into the churches. The apostasy has already come into the churches. If you look at King James Version or if you also compare it with New International Standard Version of the Bible, you see that this had to happen, verses 2 and 3. This had to happen before Jesus returns for the churches. This falling away. In 1982, God said to me, the falling away is not, or not, that's not people leaving the churches. The falling away are the churches leaving the scripture. That was in 1982. 
I saw that churches would be leaving portions of scripture and setting up other doctrine. In 2016, God opened my eyes to see that the thing holding Antichrist back from the churches was the scripture. That was like a gate keeping Antichrist out. But the minute they removed those scriptures, the minute they began saying, it's all right for a man to marry a divorced woman, when the Bible says in Matthew 5.32, whosoever marrieth her that is divorced committeth adultery. Well, they removed that. That's opening the gate for Antichrist to come into the church and the churches. And one scripture after another was removed until Antichrist could take over. The scripture was a restraint against Antichrist. The scripture is the word and is Jesus. The minute Jesus was removed, the gate was open and Antichrist came in. And Paul said it had to happen before the return of Jesus. I'm quoting from 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. So where are we today? We're somewhere between the things that had to happen before Jesus could return, which have already happened, and the return of Jesus. There's a space of time right now that we are living in like a valley or a gap. It gives us an opportunity to keep ourselves and get ourselves ready for the return of Jesus. I tell you this not of my own opinion. I tell you this as the word of God, as a prophet of God. So what should we be doing? Paul, Peter makes that very clear. Seeing these things are coming upon the world, what should we be doing? Second Peter chapter 3. The day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. The heavens will be burned up. The wrath of God will come. The great tribulation comes upon this earth before the heaven and earth are destroyed. How should you be living, Peter says, since you know this is going to come? How should you be living? He said be living in peace without spot and blameless. For 39 years, I had people in our church group who caused me trouble and grieved me. I don't have that any longer. There's been a complete change take place in the last year or so. I don't any longer have around me people who trouble me, church people. I don't longer put up with that. God has opened my eyes to another way. And I believe that is also a sign showing that we're getting closer to the end. Because we have to keep ourselves in peace. And there's no way you can live in peace with another person who says he's a Christian who is failing to live by doctrines of Christ in the scriptures. You're going to be troubled when you're around that person. I'm speaking to people right now who are troubled by other people who say they are Christians. You can't continue to put up with that trouble. You can't continue to try to turn them. It's, you can't do it. 
You have to do the following. Keep yourself in peace without spot and blameless. You can't be striving with them any longer. You have to put them aside and just quietly go forward in working out your own salvation. It's really quite simple how to work out our own salvation at this period of time. First, we have to get ourselves in a state of peace by shutting the doors on all those phone calls and emails and letters and visitations with people who trouble us. That's the first thing we have to do. And the second thing, which is continual, is connecting to God constantly through prayer because that is what connects us to God. Is there anything at all that troubles you right now? Well, you've got to deal with it. If it's a person, you very well might have to separate from that person. You don't have to have a big uproar. Just walk away. Just stop picking up the phone. Stop writing letters to them. Stop opening the doors. It's you who's opening the doors for them to come into your life. They are tolerating you. How? Well, you speak something of God to them, what happens to them? They get deadly quiet and say nothing. They're just waiting for you to quit talking about God until they can talk about what they want to talk about, which is not God. You know that. I know that. We can think of people right now who go to church faithfully but don't want to talk about God. You stop and think about it. I'm certainly thinking of some right now. As long as you don't talk about God, they're excited about being around you. When you start to talk about God and things of God and what God has done in your life, what happens to them? Well, it's just exactly like turning on a light switch and turning off a light switch. The minute you turn on the light switch of God, the light in the room, they get quiet and say nothing. The minute you start talking about a television show that you've seen recently that you enjoyed, they jump in and are very excited about it. I live in the home of another person who is a member of the body of Christ. When she comes into my room and I say, I have heard something from God, she gets very quiet, sits down in the chair and wants to hear it. And we, she hears it. She absorbs it. She wants to hear it. She's not waiting until I quit talking about God. She wants to hear you can tell the people who want to hear it versus the ones who are just biding their time until you stop talking. You're the only one doing the talking in the relationship. You're the only one doing the talking about God. They're just sitting waiting for you to stop talking so they can talk about whatever their secular thing is if, that they like. Well, this is light versus darkness. In the end time, you're not going to turn them to God. You're going to have to save yourself. And you're going to do that by separating yourself to God and staying connected to God with prayer. Because prayer connects us in a special way to God. Luke twenty-one thirty-six, Jesus says, Watch ye therefore, and pray always, 
that ye may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. You see, we are accounted worthy because we are watching the way we live and working out our life according to Scripture and going that way. And because we are connecting constantly with God through prayer. And those are the things that make us worthy to escape. Those are the two things that make us worthy to escape. Watch yourself. What are you doing? What are you trying to do? And praying constantly, asking God what you should do, committing all your cares to God, clearing up everything in your life by turning to God. That makes you accounted worthy to escape. That's Luke twenty-one thirty-six. If you back up a couple of scriptures, Jesus says, And take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting, that's overindulgence, and drunkenness and cares of this life. And so that day of the Lord come upon you unawares. For as a snare shall it come on all them that dwell on the face of the whole earth. Watch ye therefore and pray always that ye may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. You are going to have to make a strong turn right now, just as I have made a strong turn and keep making a strong turn. We are going to have to keep ourselves in a state of peace by withdrawing ourselves from those people who trouble us. If they trouble you, you cannot live in peace. It's very simple. So you have to remove yourself from them. You can't be picking up the phone and calling them and asking them how they're doing. You are opening the door for being having your peace stolen. Stop and think about the people that you can be around in peace without always having to correct or be grieved over them. Stop and think about that. There are people we cannot be around. There are people who say they are Christians that we cannot afford to be around. We are in a gap of time before Jesus returns. We have to keep ourselves. But what about them? They, that is up to God. You can't do as you've done in the past. You have to be in peace at all times. If they disturb you by what they say and do, you're going to be vexed by them. You cannot live around them. You can't call them. You can't go to dinner with them. You can't associate with them. It just can't be done. It's like trying to turn a light on in a dark room. When you turn the light on, the darkness flees. When you turn the light off, the darkness is there. And that's what the relationship is with these people who say they are Christians, but they do not follow God. You can't do it. You can't afford to be pulled down by them. Both of you will go down. It won't help them, and it will destroy you. 
So you're going to have to evaluate your life just like I have evaluated my life. Now, I am a called minister, and I have to protect the ministry. There are certain people who are who are constantly wanting me to discuss their problems with them, wanting me to discuss scripture with them. That's not my job. My job is to present to you what I have heard from God, not to discuss all of these things and reason with you. I will present to you faithfully, as I have done for 40 years, that which I have heard from God. It is up to you to either believe it or not believe it and enter in or don't enter in. But it is not my job to hear all of your troubles and help you sort through them. Because if you are going to God in prayer, He is taking care of you. The only thing it will do for me to hear your problems is to destroy me. Therefore, I don't read emails. If you send me an email, I don't read it. I protect the ministry. I protect myself. You can just write all day long. That doesn't mean I have to hear it. I don't hear it. I'm not going to hear it. I will present you the Word of God, and you do it. You do the Word of God. You cannot be striving with other people who say they are Christians You cannot be striving with them, trying to get them to go in the way of God and be in peace. Our role has to be to be in peace with God, to be without spot and blameless. That's exactly what Peter says in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 14. Seeing we look for the return of Jesus and the end time. We must be diligent to keep ourselves in peace without spot and blameless. Thank you for allowing me to speak with you today.